Hello. Hello. Chloe. Garrett. I'm so excited to be with you today to talk about one of our favorite EPs of all time by one of our favorite artists. Are you so excited? I'm so freaking pumped to get into today's episode. I'm already sweaty and this is seriously one of my favorite EPs of all time. Like you just said, some of my all-time favorite songs come off of this EP and it's such a beautiful piece of work and I'm ready to dive the hell into this episode because I am pumped. I've been pumped all week. I'm so excited. So the EP we're going to cover today is The End of Everything by Noah Cyrus. And like Chloe just said, it's some of our favorite songs in general. And then that just makes this EP even more special to us. So I'm excited to dive in. Whoa. Okay, so for today's episode, we do have a couple trigger warnings. Um, Our trigger warnings today include topics of mental health, specifically depression and anxiety. We will be briefly touching on suicide, very brief, um, and substance abuse as well. So if any of these things will be detrimental to your health in any way, please pause now and we'll catch you on another episode. We love you besties and we please, we want you to remember to take care of yourself and your mental health. We never want to be the cause of any kind of setback or mental issues for you. So we will catch you another time and we love you so much. And with that being said, Garrett, let's hop in. So first things first, I want to do a little intro on our girl, Noe. So Noah Lindsay Cyrus was born January 8th, 2000. And what does that mean, Garrett? She's a Capricorn. A Capricorn queen. And as Garrett said, his birthday falls in place right before hers. He's younger. Her birthday falls in place right between ours. She's in the middle, and my birthday falls at the end. So she's our missing piece. She's right there in the middle. She's the third everyone's favorite best friend. Exactly. So (laughs) our girl Noah was born to Mother Tish Cyrus and Father Billy Ray Cyrus. You may remember hearing those names. Those are some of our favorite peeps. And siblings Trace, Brandy, Brazen, and uh, who's that last one? Um, I don't recognize her. Who? Miley Cyrus? Oh. Oh. Uh, oh. Rings a bell. <laughs> Just the pop icon. Okay. Um, Noah is a singer and an actress, most known for her acting work in Ponyo, Hannah Montana, and most recently American Horror Story. Anyone who is into anime in the slightest should go check out Ponyo if you've never seen it yet. It's Noah when she's so little with Frankie Jonas, one of the Jonas Brothers. It's a really cute little movie. It's kind of weird, but it's so fun. And... When we got to see Noah live, she sang the Ponyo song for us. <laughs> that was the one song that the crowd requested, and it was so fun. So, also, if you haven't seen Noah in American Horror Story, one of the songs that we'll be covering today was featured in that episode, and we'll dive into that a little bit more once we get to the song. Noah also makes guest appearances in shows like American Idol, and we'll dig into that a little, little bit more as well, because I just watched the episode where she was a guest mentor in American Idol and it was really cool. Cyrus made the jump into her solo music career in 2016 with her hit single Make Me Cry featuring Labyrinth. Soon after she released many one-off singles including Stay Together, I'm Stuck, and Almost Famous that were supposed to be on her debut album NC17 which ultimately never ended up being released but we do have some of the songs from there so we won't it won't make us cry. (laughs) 
A few a few years later in 2018, Noah released her first EP titled Good Cry, which included songs like Topanga, Mad at You, and one of our personal favorites, Punches, featuring LP, which was one of Garrett's songs of the week. LP's song Girls Gone Wild, she's one of our other favorite artists. After another two years, Noah released her second EP in 2020 titled The End of Everything during the pandemic, if you can believe it which included her song July that topped the charts. Then after more than five years into her music career, she released her debut album in 2022, The Hardest Part, and went on her North American tour, which we <coughs> happened to be blessed enough to not only attend, but be front row center. We'll get into that in a very <laughs> special episode later on. But when I tell you, Noah, if you're listening, you sang directly into my eyes, my heart, and my soul that night, and I will literally love you and be in debt to you forever. You are my queen. Continue I'm for on. I'm forever changed oh. by that night. Sorry, I just had to. I am forever right. <laughs> changed by that night. That is for sure. Noah is known for her work that she does in the mental health community as well. She suffered from depression and anxiety, and she uses her personal experiences to help others throughout her music. Additionally, after the release of her song Lonely, Noah teamed up with the Crystal Campaign and released a merchandising line called the Lonely Collection, the funds from which were donated to the Judd Foundation. The Judd Foundation is an American nonprofit working to protect the emotional health as well as preventing suicide in teens and young adults. Noah later opened a Depop store where she sold her own personal clothing to raise more funds for the Judd Foundation. Anyone listening who feels personally connected to this cause can find more information at jedfoundation.org. So with all that being said, Garrett, I just want to talk to you really briefly about American Idol before we dive into the episode, because you saw some scenes from it, some parts, but I watched the whole episode, and I just wanted to tell you a little bit about it. So Noah was a guest mentor on the episode, and she had one-on-one -on -one meetings with each of the contestants. And before we dive in... I'm not an American Idol watcher. I don't follow the show. I don't know any of the contestants or anything. I just watched that episode to see Noah. Um, it was a good episode, though. I mean, it was fun. It's nothing like the American Idol that I remember from when I was a kid. <laughs> Nobody was mean to anybody. But Noah was so cute and so sweet. She was such a great mentor. I loved watching it because it was really cool for more of the community who might not be exposed to Noah to get to see what a kind-hearted soul she is. She's really such a sweet and genuine person. And she's not like celebrities who seem to think that they are higher than thou or something like that. She's very down-to-earth. She's very real. She was even telling one of the contestants how much he reminded her of her father. She's just like, at the core, she is a country girl from a big family. She's family-oriented, and she's really, really sweet. And she also did a performance of her new song, Everybody Needs Someone, and she killed it. Garrett, that was the part that you saw, right? Yes, she sounded so good and looked phenomenal. And it just brought me back to when we saw her. I was like, that was what, that's, that's my girl. That's her. She's thriving. That's she did girl. it. No, it was... It was so cool watching that performance because she was doing some of the same exact Exa like, dance moves that she did in front of us. And it was so cool just to see, okay, so that is her stage presence. Exactly. That is her style. That was really cool. And she was so sweet. I watched it with my mom and my mom kept being like, what is that thing on her head? I was like, mom, it's fashion because <laughs> Noah was wearing a little crocheted. It's like a cross between a bandana and a beanie. It's really like a bonnet. 
I would say, but it's so cute. It's so fashionable. And it's, it's so, so funny because I feel like I remember seeing her post a picture in the outfit that she wore for American Idol, probably while they were in production. Mm-hmm. I think I remember her posting this outfit and being like, oh my God, look at her. What is she doing? And I had no idea that she was recording American Idol at the time. I love it. I love it. That was a great intro to Noah. You covered everything perfectly. And it was a great way to introduce people that don't know Noah into her work. And I hope after this episode, everyone goes and takes a listen to Noah. Hell yes. Garrett, why don't you kick it off? I feel like I've talked my little heart out already. So why don't you start us up? Okay, so we start this EP with a strong start with the song titled Ghost. And this song is also featured in the American Horror Stories episode she was featured in. The lyrics she says in this song is, And when you're looking in the mirror, demons may be closer than they may appear. And I feel like that is kind of the core of this song. It's kind of like when you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, you're tired. Or like, this is kind of like, mm-hmm. you don't see anything. You look kind of dead. Like the person or that like you're your with. Or like your inner demons. Exactly. Or also, it kind of just goes into like, a moment that I think everyone can relate to. We all know, especially if we're struggling with something mentally, there comes a time where you're just like facing yourself in a mirror, whether it's in your bathroom or your bedroom or what. And sometimes it's the freakiest thing, but sometimes you just lock in on yourself and it's like you are having a mental conversation with yourself and you're looking at yourself. Often this happens when you're at a party drunk in a bathroom and you're realizing you're a little too fucked up. But that's not exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, I I can totally relate looking in my mirror and being like, what are you doing, Chloe? Like, you are not stepping up to the plate or like, what the hell are you saying? You know, something like that. So it's just, it's like that mental and physical conversation between you and yourself and kind of like a battle between you and yourself. She follows that lyric with, you can either cry and sit and stare or try to run away. I'm trying to run away. So that kind of, that's interesting too. She kind of sets a, a choice up for you and she kind of chooses mm-hmm. for you. She's like, this is the route I'm taking. So let me tell you how this will, let me tell you where this route will take you. And it takes you like, I'm staring at a ghost. And I think it's really interesting that after that, she says, I'm staring at a ghost. Like this is when you're trying to run away from it, you turn into like something that you're trying to hide or trying to put away, but it always comes to light, especially when this kind of makes me think about when you're alone, especially like, quiet, alone, mm-hmm. You, oh, yes. And like, it's just like a snap of a second when it hits and it connects and you're like, damn, like, especially when you're going through a lot or maybe like you said, at a party or something, just different scenarios, this can hit in different ways and a perfect opener to this album, in my opinion. But I just want to like hit back on what you just said. This song specifically, there's a couple different songs in this album where it is undoubtedly like a quiet alone moment. This is one of them. Some of them are more like a conversation between two people, lovers. But this is really you with yourself. And just going back to those lyrics that you just discussed, you can either cry and sit and stare. You can try to run away. I'm trying to run away. The demons may be closer than they appear when you're looking in the mirror and I'm staring at a ghost. It's also kind of talking about like maybe even a new beginning and like she's decided that the way she's been acting and living and this these demons she's trying to run away she's staring at a ghost that version of her is dead now she's gonna move on yeah she's gonna be a new version of herself like i can also kind of relate to that because we all go through different phases in life but like there are versions of me that 
I want to stay a ghost, you know? So of course. I think that's a really cool way to think of it too. Cause it's not all just sad. A lot of people think of Noah as just like a sad girl artist. And she actually talked about that on American Idol as well. She was like, one of the contestants came up and he was like, I'm kind of known for being like gentle and sad, sad boy. And she's like, well, I can relate to that. Cause the first 10 years of my career have been like that, but it's not all sad. And even just saying you can try to run away, I'm trying to run away. That is someone who has the courage and the motivation to try and change and try to stop something so you kind of have to like dig deep into the lyrics sometimes with some of her songs because they might sound so sad but there's really more to it and just like her sister Miley Noah is such a poet and such a beautiful writer there are metaphors and storytelling and little bits and pieces of history mixed in with probably some fantasy but it's so beautiful so I agree with you too. This is such a good way to kick off the album. And this is such a cool song. The way that they featured it in American Horror Story was really cool too. Cause the episode was ha- like had real ghosts in it. So that was kind of a cool level to it. Yeah. And I also think the very first, I love looking at the first lyric of an album or EP. And the first thing she says that we hear from her is, why don't we kill the lights? Which is kind of interesting. Cause if this album for me personally, I would say I probably do listen to it more at the nighttime, like or like in the dark, mm-hmm. or just like kind of like you said, alone. So I think that's mm-hmm. very cool. Like she kind of sets the tone, like why don't we kill the lights? Let's get into some stuff. Like let's sit down. Oh, yeah, the, yes, the whole album feels dark in that kind of sense. And I mean, and she says, "Why don't we kill the lights? I'm no good at hiding underneath a sea of tears, flood pouring through my eyes. I can't even close them. I can't even see you clear." So. She wants to kill the lights also to, like, hide this emotional turmoil that she's going through. She doesn't want people to see that. She's no good at faking the tears, but she doesn't want other people to see her weakness. Yeah. One of my favorite lines from this song that, like, every single time she says it just punches me. I don't know what it is, but living just to die another day. Yeah such an interesting line such an interesting way to think of life um it also kind of goes along so like i personally have also struck struggled with depression and anxiety so i have the two exact same mental illnesses and mental issues as noah does so i i can really relate to a lot of these songs and living just to die another way seems to me a lot like the kind of perspective someone who has depression would have. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, it's not like living life because life is a beautiful thing. It's not living life to make memories and to enjoy and to love or something like that. It's, I'm just living to die another day. I agree. This is very personal. I feel like this song is very personal. This whole EP is very personal, but specifically this song. And yeah, it takes me to a, it makes me sad because every artist we talk about we obviously love and it makes me sad that noah has gone through some of this stuff which is it's normal i also have dealt with depression and anxiety my whole life so i get it but we just don't want to see people go through that and we love noah so much but i'm sorry that she's strong enough after she's gone through this to be able to talk about mm-hmm. it and create such beautiful work and be able to help other people by doing it no the way she channels it is yeah. honestly unlike anyone else that i know I agree. Um, And really quick, I also... So after she says living just to die another day, she also says powder on our face carries us away. We all know what that is, right? If you know, you know. 
reaching for a dream that always fades madness in a in a smile why don't you stay a while so you know the powder on our face carries us away reaching for a dream that always fades that also goes into the substance abuse that's like a common theme in this whole um ep powder on our face carries us away we're doing some kind of a substance that's going to numb us and quote unquote carry us away in that in that line i just picture someone like having just hit something and laying back almost like looking at the clouds kind of thing like laying back and just rolling for a second yeah reaching out for a dream that always fades so with substance abuse it can be so hard because no matter how much of a dreamer no matter how motivated no matter how many dreams and aspirations you have sometimes that substance can literally drag you down like an anchor and that's such a powerful metaphor right there because sometimes when you do get lost in substance abuse you are literally always going to be reaching for a dream that fades because you can never take that next step because you're always stuck in that one place of addiction yeah and that kind of leads perfectly into our next song i got so high that i saw jesus which what a title <laughs> what a title what well, a and title. another thing another thing about the substance abuse so we know that Noah herself has suffered from substance abuse issues and she's talked to us personally about that at her concert mm-hmm. um but she's also been around a lot of other people who have suffered from substance abuses whether yes. it be lovers friends maybe siblings i don't know what all her different siblings might have been through maybe even her parents at different points i'm not sure i'm not suggesting that i'm just saying you know we never know what goes on behind closed doors but we do know for a fact that lil xan was a really bad influence when it came to substance abuse around her and we know that she's struggled with this for a really long time so it's also sometimes the environment that you're in will continue to drag you down too so that's really hard and if the environment that you're in the people who are are dragging you into that substance abuse cycle are your family again not suggesting that that is noah's situation just saying that is like a next level cycle to try and get out of so i can't even imagine but i got so high that i saw jesus this is a pretty hefty claim right here yeah (laughs) no i agree the first time love this song so much the first time i saw this title i didn't know what i was gonna get into but it the way she wrote this and the way she sings it and the delivery it makes so much sense and like it's one of my favorite noah songs i think and it it feels so cyrus this song feels so cyrus it feels so noah she also has sung it with her sister miley before which was so incredible but it this song just makes me think of their tennessee farm every time like, exactly it just makes me think of like her and her family and billy ray all sitting out by like a fire at night and just hanging out and getting high together because like this is also different i've i don't know about you garrett but this song in particular i've never taken it as like i've gotten so high on like pills or like coke or anything like that this song always felt like weed to me of course yes weed of course yes 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 so yes, yes. and like to me there's nothing wrong with you know a little, little devil's lettuce so i love it no i love it i think this song has so much i think you feel that way because this song is so descriptive we have tennessee Mm -hmm. whiskey and love rivers running dry like very Mm -hmm. sets the scene for us which all relate to tennessee and we all 
know that's where our girl's from. So I get that. And it does feel like I could see Tish or Billy Ray like jamming to this. She's like smoking a joint out on the porch. Absolutely. And there's also some really cool other parts of this. Like, um, I mean, like a drunkard at the wedding blindly raising Armageddon. That's some really fucking good description there, too. Yeah. But also, I got so high that I saw Jesus. Yeah, Joseph lost his job to a machine. And Mary lost her mind to lines of code. You can't see. Mm. And if the angels are the AI, I'm going to burn this whole thing down. And I'm going to burn one down right now. (laughs) I love this song so fucking much. And she's speaking to this, like, changing modern world and technology. And that, in my opinion, it's all the beginning of the end. Yeah. And... If the angels are the AI, then I'm going to burn this whole fucking thing down. Yeah. And I'm going to burn one down while I Right do. now. Ah! It's so good. No, the lyrics to the way she was able to use um, some references to the Bible. Obviously, she references Jesus in the title. And then she like does Mary, Joseph, and all throughout the song kind of relates to that. And I love that she was able to pull that and put them in the lyrics and she was able to do her mm-hmm. research but also kind of make it in a way that was modern and like have its own meaning and i love it, feels it. Like black mirror to me yeah yeah if the angels are the ai another thing i want to just talk about for anyone who hasn't listened to the song before so obviously the title i got so high that i saw jesus this is maybe a controversial sounding title and a controversial song yes i do want to state like noah is actually very religious and her family is and she does actually believe in jesus none of this is in any way trying to make fun or like parody or blasphemy or anything like that i know a lot of people would probably disagree with getting so high that you see jesus and and combining god and marijuana but for this family that's not a problem and they don't worry about that and that's their business however i just wanted to talk about it because it's it actually is like a beautiful song and it's saying i got so high that i saw jesus and he said it's all gonna be okay yeah you just need me in your heart you just need jesus in your heart tennessee whiskey and love that's all you need and so I just wanted to touch on that for anyone who hadn't uh, maybe heard the song before or might hear that title and be like, well, I'm never going to listen to that. That's okay, too. But it's not meant to be, like Garrett said, in any way blasphemy or negative. It really isn't. It's meant to be that she got so high that in a moment she felt like she saw Jesus and he comforted her. Exactly. The same way that a lot of people go to church and say that the Holy Spirit touched them and that they felt a message from God. This is her way of getting a message from God. And historically, it's not that far off. Yeah. A lot of those old fucking religious men in the kings and queens castles, when they wanted to go get a mu- message from God, they'd eat shrooms or e- smoke weed. Exactly. So, exactly. Let's just let Noah be Noah (laughs) and if you don't believe that you're a liar which leads us perfectly to track number three liar and the first the first two things I think about when I hear this song is number one Miley spilled the tea when this album was being released like the time of the drop this is her favorite Noah song of all time now this was that was 2020 when this album came out so i don't know if a song from the hardest part has taken over but at the time liar was her favorite and also when me and chloe did see noah live 
the way she arranged this song is so different from the original and I love it. Now the original's perfect in its way, but the way she performs it, I like went included there's like a remix to it. Like a, there's like a switch in it and it's so good. But what are your opinions on the song and what do you think about? It? Okay, so in order to prepare for today's episode, I, I listened to the whole EP several times on repeat. And every time from the beginning to the end, once I get to Liar, this is where I start crying. <laughs> and this song, I was really thinking hard about it when I was listening to it this morning. Because um, this song is so special. And I think this is one of the most like painfully, brutally honest songs I've ever heard in my entire life. 100%. This, so we'll get into it, but this song is Noah telling on herself Mm -hmm. it's noah being honest about the fact that she lied in a relationship about cheating and it's painful it's hard to listen to if anyone like you don't have to have personal experience with cheating to feel this song or to enjoy this song but if you do have personal experience it hits even harder whether you were the cheater or not or you were cheated on it's still just it's so good it hits really well so one thing i want to say about this song before we get into the lyrics is most songs about cheating is from the perspective of being cheated on we don't really hear the perspective of the person that cheated and i think it's really interesting because noah didn't make excuses she took ownership Mm -hmm. of it and was like she knows it was messed up and she kind of after this whole relationship was over she was able to step back from it and kind of see it from a different perspective and write this song. And I think that's mm-hmm. mature, very hard, but honest. And we'll get into the lyrics that really, really break down what she was trying, like what she went through. Dude, and I can't even imagine what it would be like to listen to the song if you were in the exact same position as her. This must be a really good bot. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Okay, so right off the bat with the lyrics she starts with you always break a heart when you break a promise and i think that's a beautiful line and a great way to start the song in a true statement and it sucks and right there you're like okay so this is where we're going here and she says i guess i didn't practice what i preach which again like this goes into her owning it and owning the fact that like she is the type of person to say cheating is wrong and you shouldn't hurt people and you shouldn't break hearts and break promises and then that's exactly what she did that's a hard thing to come come right there and say in the first fucking sentence i know not telling you was so dishonest but honestly the dishonesty was killing me and this is the part that i really love too she says you ask you asked a question and i lied i think about it all the time so her saying i think about it all the time by the point she's writing this song this situation has already happened long ago but she didn't say i thought about it all the time she still says i think about it all the time i think this is something that like this mistake and this bad behavior will probably stick with her for a long time i feel like when you cheat on someone else and actually well i mean i don't know from experience but i would feel like if you cheated on someone else and would see the heartbreak in their face and like see how much your personal actions hurt them that that would have to stick with you especially if you did actually love them in some kind of way exactly 
anyone who's experienced heartbreak, you just know it hurts different than physical pain or like an accident or something like that. Heartbreak hurts for a long time, constantly. It's a constant ache. Exactly. Like and physical I think hurt. she still does think about it all the time. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. The way she's written this song, it sounds very personal. And if there's a whole song about a relationship, I'm sure she does. It has to be very personal to her. And she has to go back and think about it, especially because I don't consider Noah a cheat. Obviously, if this is she's cheated before, but I don't consider her a cheater because I feel like she's the type of girl that gets cheated on, you know, and I'm sure she has been mm-hmm. cheated on. So it's really interesting to see this perspective to me like i wouldn't expect this song from her when i first heard it i was like interested in it just because it's not typical noah to me like I, we haven't got a mm-hmm. song like this since then and i don't think what we ever will so it's kind of a one-off but like you said beautiful brings tears to my eyes and very personal yeah. so well and like you said with you know her relationships i think noah at least in the past, has had some publicly toxic relationships, and then she's written songs about the toxicity of her relationships. And that goes both ways, but here's a song where she's saying, hey, that toxicity isn't always my partner's fault. You know, sometimes. But also, going into a relationship, having untreated mental health issues and undealt with mental health issues is never going to play out the way that you might envision or want it to it's kind of like that thing when you enter like alcoholics anonymous or something like that they tell you at the beginning do not enter a relationship again i'm speaking like i've been to alcoholics anonymous like from experience but from shows and stuff they tell you at the beginning do not get into a relationship with someone else who's in the program because two addicts or two people who suffer from the same things it's, it's really hard for them to be together because they kind of can enable and continue that cyclical cycle and that addiction or whatever it might be. So um, she also says that she was playing God with you and I, which I think is another really powerful sentence. But the truth always comes out. And in the silence, it rings loud. Where there's smoke, there's a fire. So... She's like, where there was smoke, there was a fire. You, that kind of makes me think that they might have had some precursory arguments about this before it finally came out. Before the truth finally came out, it seems like he might have been on to something. And she's like, where there's smoke, there's a fire. Like, you you had your suspicions and you were right, but it took me too long to, to come out with the truth and it hurt you. And now I think about it all the time. After that line, where there's smoke, there's a fire, she says, and now I know what you see. When you look at me, I will always be a liar. Like, Mm -hmm. damn, deep, Mm -hmm. deep. That is deep. That part always cuts me. And (sighs) thought what you didn't know could never hurt. So sorry about it. Like, I didn't know that things I didn't know could even hurt me, but they sure can. Yeah. Sometimes ignorance is bliss, maybe. Literally, yeah. But when the words slipped out, they struck like lightning. Yeah, keeping it from you just made it worse. Again, that's so true, too, and that's such a hard thing to write, I would think. But keeping the truth, making it a secret, lying about it, it made it so much worse. If I would have just slept with someone else and told you the night that it happened, hey, I fucked up. I don't know what I was thinking, but I slept with someone else. Not saying the relationship would continue, not saying that 
you would still stay together, everything would be okay, but at least you wouldn't be seen as a liar. Exactly. Maybe. You exactly. know, you'd be seen as a cheater still. But not but like not a liar. building a whole lie around just to keep someone because then you're messing with someone else's emotions in life if they don't know like they're in their mind because then they look back and they think okay so it's been a month since it happened and you didn't tell me so is every kiss and every moment that we shared every life so i have been cheated on and i know that after i found out and it had been like a whole six plus month fucking affair i'm like so every time that we were together you were together with someone else every time you told me you loved me you didn't Every time that you kissed me, you were thinking about someone else's lips. Like, it fucks with your mind so much, and it it really is, like, one of the worst experiences. Um, (sighs) And she says, it only happened once, but once was way too much. And ain't that the eternal fucking truth? Yep. When it comes to the heart, it only has to happen once, and that betrayal, oof. I mean, I'm just glad. I mean, obviously, this is a shitty situation. I'm sure Noah is mad at herself, and she, I'm not there to get, like, We're put not that on her. Noah down yeah. Either. yeah. But I'm just saying, for her to be able to write this and have ownership and be like an adult and claim it, I just think, I don't know. I applaud this her for shows, that, you know? It's growth. Yeah, this, this shows the growth and the maturity, and this shows that, like, she has realized that that was wrong and there's also i'm not saying that there's like a huge difference but there is a difference between cheating in a relationship when you're like in your teens maybe early 20s than cheating on your spouse of 20 30 years like there is a slight difference of course when you're young you are still learning and you are still so horny and sexually motivated and maybe alcohol comes to play maybe drugs come to play other things there are different calibers, but it's never right. We all know it's never the right thing to do. And no one knows. And yeah. at the end of the song, she just continually repeats, when you look at me, I will always be a liar. I know what you see when you look at me. I will always be a liar. I will always be a liar. She repeats that whole chorus like three or four times. And it's just, it almost feels like when you're a little kid and you get punished and you have to write out what you did 50 times or you have to sit in the corner. It's like, I'm a liar. I'm a cheater. I did it. I'm sorry. I'm a liar. But it doesn't feel the same as like when you're in a fight with someone and they're being so like passive aggressive and they're just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not like that. It feels more like genuine remorse. Like, I agree. I will always be a liar now. I will always be a liar. And I'm sure Noah is sad that this happened because now she's lonely. <laughs> Which, Which leads us perfectly. <laughs> Which leads perfectly into the next track, which is Lonely. And now this song is a lot. This is tough to listen to at any point of my day. I would say like if I'm writing it and the song comes on and I listen to it, it's a tough one to listen to. I mean, it speaks complete facts, but when we get into these lyrics, you understand like what we're talking about. But what is your initial thought? I was going to say, I will say that this is one that if I'm not feeling like crying, I have to skip it. Yeah. If I don't feel like my whole mood being ruined, I have to skip it because this will put me into that depressive mood. Yeah. Um, So this is out of the album. This is one of my top two favorite songs. And this is one of my all time favorite songs, especially from times when I need a good cry and I need to let things out. I can't tell you guys how many times 
I'm not even exaggerating or trying to be dramatic. I cannot tell you how many times I have come up to a stoplight listening to this song and I look over at people and I am just like bawling my eyes out, <laughs> having a complete breakdown. Like this is the song that makes me hyperventilate cry. Like I'm not talking like yeah. a little cry. This is the song that when I need a breakdown, I will break the hell down. And I've looked over at strangers and just been like, <laughs> and they're like, what is happening to that girl? And I'm totally fine. I'm just riding home to my boyfriend's house. But this song comes on and then I remember what it feels like to be lonely. And yeah. It feels so sad. It's so sad. And like you said, this is a perfect song to belt to. Like scream mm -hmm. these yes. lyrics. Yes. And so like I said earlier, I listened to these whole uh, this whole EP to prepare for the episode. And one thing that I picked up this time that I have never really picked up before is once you do get into the chorus and you do start kind of belting it out, it almost feels like a church song. Oh, absolutely. Points. It almost feels gospel because the music in the background feels churchy and there's this really strong piano and there's this one specific point. I'm trying to find out right now where she's saying, well, it's not written in the lyrics, but I know she says it. Okay. Well, I'll continue. But she says, oh, please, someone help me. I don't care anyone, anything, because I'm so sick of being so lonely. And it's not written in the lyrics, but I am I remember from listening today that there are points, too, where she says, like, oh, God, please, someone help me. Or she says God a couple yeah, times yeah, yeah, in the yeah. song, too, really, really quietly. But it does really feel like this song is almost a prayer. It's a plead. It's a prayer to God. Please send someone to help me. I don't care who it is. But I need the universe to answer me. I am so lonely and I need someone. And I think that, you know, if anyone hasn't experienced that feeling, then that's amazing. And I'm so happy for you. But anyone who has genuinely experienced loneliness at any point in their life, for me and with my personal like, mental health issues, I can like psych myself into thinking I'm lonely even when mm -hmm. I have people. But when I lived alone, that was one thing that got me all the time, even though my parents were 20 minutes away and Garrett was maybe 20 minutes away or less. There were times where I needed someone and everyone in my life was busy with their own lives. And suddenly I would just be like psyching myself out thinking I am so lonely. I've never been so alone. I'm the most alone person on the entire planet right now. And this is the song for that moment. And it fucking hurts. <laughs> yeah, it does. It really does. I want to get to like the lyrics a little bit. The first opening lyrics of this song are like the first actual verse is crazy. Not crazy, but like the lyrics are just intense. She says, I'm slowly killing myself. I'm trying so hard at the back of the shelf. It's just the same every day. I'm writing these songs that will never get played. I get told what's wrong and what's right. I don't have a romantic life. And everyone's dying, so I keep on trying to make them proud before they're gone. So can someone help me? Oh, please, someone help me. Now, that's a long... I did read like half of the... Or all the first verse. But just in that, you can get the feel for the song where she's kind of pleading, like Chloe said. She's, like, begging yeah. just to feel better, some relief. She's like, I'm doing all these things that I think are supposed to help me, but nothing's working. Everyone's dying around me. And that lyric right there, I think, something that sticks out to me. Everyone's dying, so I'm trying to make them proud because it's right. true like especially with noah's peers around her uh, for a while she was mm -hmm. losing a lot of friends so i'm sure even for her even more this is so per like this whole album so personal but this song i feel like 
like you said, I feel like I'm listening in on a prayer at some point. It's like, this mm-hmm. is very tough, but it's the truth. And she's used this song to help other people. And I am so proud of Noah for releasing this. Yes. And I want to go back through the lyrics that you just read and kind of break them down bit by bit a little bit. Because another thing I was thinking to myself when I was listening to listening to this earlier, some of the lyrics don't necessarily apply to everyone. However, the more I listened to it, the more I was like, well, this could still apply to me. I just have to think of it a slightly different way. Exactly. So getting into that, I'm slowly killing myself. I'm trying so hard at the back of the shelf. That one right there we can all relate to. That feels like I've been working hard. I'm burnt out. I'm dragging my life. Like, I'm trying so hard, but I'm not getting seen for the things that I'm doing and my accomplishments or, you know, no matter how hard I try, I keep fucking things up and we can all relate to that feeling. We all have those phases in life or those times where things just aren't going right for us. It's just the same every day. That goes along so much with depression, too, because that's a very depressive feeling. And I'm writing these songs that will never get played. So that's one of those things like maybe not everyone can necessarily relate to I'm writing these songs that will never get played. But as I was thinking about it, I'm also a creative person. And I kind of started thinking like I make these designs sometimes. I'm a like fashion designer and sometimes I make these designs that will never get seen. And that's hard to deal with as well. So like I said, you can kind of apply these things to your own life. And I get told what's wrong and right I don't have a romantic life even if you're in a relationship there are always those points in a relationship where the romance kind of dies down and it's like god would it kill someone to just like buy me some flowers or smooch me and be like sweet and romantic not just a every single day like give me a kiss I'm about to head out kind of thing you know and everyone's dying so I keep on trying to make them proud before they're gone So I luckily can't really relate to what it feels like for everyone in my personal life to be dying around me. Thank God. But I can still look around at the world and some of the things that are going on and I can relate to those lyrics. Everyone's dying and I keep on trying to make them proud before they're gone. I want to make a difference. I want to make a change and I want to do good because there's so much bad happening. So... This song is so beautiful. It is literally one of my all-time favorite songs. I really strongly recommend that you guys listen to it if you've never heard it before because whether you like it or not, there will come a time in your life where this song will be the perfect song for your soundtrack. I agree. I cannot agree enough. This song, like you said, at some point in anyone's life, they can relate to this song. And it might not be It might be in your past. You might have experienced this at some point, but... This song is one of its own. I don't know any other song that's like this. So I love it. And I'm so happy, like I said, that Noah had the courage to release this and let us hear it. And the last thing I'll say about it is the buildup is really good on that. Because it starts off really quiet and slow, but she ends up belting it out and the buildup is good. It's really good. It is really good. So the next song that we're going to talk about is literally the most special song to me in the world this is my all-time favorite song ever written um and i cannot believe that this ep came out in 2020 because it really feels like these songs have been coursing through my veins for my entire life i feel like i've known it since i've known you yeah like this is when i looked and saw that this ep came out in 2020 i was like that does not math up that does not the math ain't mathing 
Mm-mm. So, Young and Sad by Noah Cyrus. Seriously, favorite song of all time. And it starts off... Noah has done this before, and I love when she does this. It starts off with a voicemail from her dad, like a little voice recording. And he says... And it's Billy Ray. We all know Billy Ray. We all know Billy Ray. And he says, Hey, bud. This is old dad. Just wanted you to know, you ain't alone. Keep a smile on your face. Everything's gonna be fine. I love you. And that's how the song starts It's off. so it's good. It's such a beautiful little moment. Like, it's such a sweet little voicemail. It gives me chills every single time. This is old dad. Just wanted you to know, you ain't alone. Ugh. I fucking cry. It's so time. good. It's so good. And from there, it starts off. They say you should smile more. Darling, show your eyes more. Aren't you satisfied? And then Noah says, I'm trying to I'm tired of trying to please someone who doesn't even care what's on my mind. Let me go. I don't need you to wipe my tears. Don't you know I'm only trying to disappear? Oof. Don't want to be young and sad another day longer. Don't want to feel numb or mad until I go under. And I know that you only want me to be happy, but I still feel lonely tonight. There it is. Uh, so again, just like Garrett, I basically read the whole song. But God, this plays into feelings of depression and anxiety yeah. as a youth. Um, this is so relatable. I know there's like so much reporting and statistics and analytics and like articles on this spike in mental health issues in the youth of our generation and well what no fucking shit we grew up with social media we grew up with the internet and we were the first ones to do it and we grew up with this major technological change things have been going faster in our generation than they ever have in history as far as technological advancements we're all fucking frantic little freaks we can't deal with this like we've all grown up to be nervous nellies who are sad and so this is kind of the anthem to those nervous Nellies like me. And I just relate to every single word that she sings in this entire song. I don't want to be mad until I go under. I don't want to be young and sad anymore. And when you have like chemical imbalances in your brain fighting against you, that's really hard. And sometimes you have to literally make that mental choice every single day to fight your own brain <laughs> chemistry. But you have to just say, I don't want to be sad another day longer. I agree. This song is one of my favorites as well. It kind of touches what well, the first thing I want to touch on is kind of this stigma, kind of like you just touched on around young people being sad. Obviously, like people, older people usually are like, why are you wasting your youth like being sad? Like this is your prime. Like don't waste it. So that's automatic. Every time I hear this song, I think of that. Like people are trying to like, Tell me like, I'm too young. They don't waste your time being sad, but like you don't know what it's like. And of course, going into these lyrics that you just mentioned, I don't want to feel numb or mad until I go under. And I know that you only want me to be happy. Like, like you said in the last song, people are around us that want us to be happy, always like love us and support us. But I'm still not, I still feel lonely tonight. I still am not myself. Like something is wrong. Like not with anyone else, just like me. And like, it's, you have to like process it. And this song kind of gives for me, at least like the process in my head of how I go through stuff. And like, kind of like you said you can kind of psych yourself into stuff and i psych myself i can walk into a room and tell myself that everyone hates me and i will not speak a word because i'm crazy so like literally that is kind of i don't know how to put it into words but like this is what that song gives for me and it's very comforting and it 
puts my mind i'm not really good with using my words sometimes so this song kind of puts what's in my mind on paper and i'm like okay listen to this and you kind of understand what's going on you know yes well and to touch on what you just said like when those older boomers type people say don't you want to be happy why are you wasting your youth being sad this song is basically saying don't you think i don't know that exactly like no shit why would i want to be don't sad don't you think i don't want to be happy but i have so much to be sad about like i'm sorry but i was in my 20s when the global pandemic happened like that's pretty fucking sad that i didn't get to graduate college and live my life the way that you did boomer um, i'm pretty sad about the fact that you expect me to make less than 24 dollars an hour even though the comparison to when you graduated you were making over like 60 dollars an hour that makes me sad boomer like it makes me sad that i can't have children without the fear of them getting shot at school boomer these are things that make me sad on a daily basis that you never had to mentally deal with or mentally navigate when you were my age. So you cannot compare and you cannot comment on my depression or my mental health because you genuinely do not know what my lived experience is like. And I want to. And when you had to deal with those things, you were late in your life and you had the tools in your tool belt, tool belt to deal with it and you were already established. You weren't struggling your way through it. That leads perfectly into what my next point was. It's kind of comparing. She's getting, she's facing what kind of like, we're both younger siblings. So we're the, you're youngest, I'm the youngest. And it's kind of like that where we get compared to everyone. Even like, even if it's not our brothers, it's like just generations, like getting compared to how people live their life to, to how we do it. And that gets into the lyric that really touched me. Probably the first time I heard it, it stood out to me. Oh, she yeah. says, me too. my sister's like sunshine, always bringing good light wherever she will go and i was born to rain clouds when they blew the flame out blessed in our shadows so that is she's my kinda, favorite part of the whole song too yeah same so it, she basically in an eggshell or in a nutshell says her sister is miley cyrus basically like the biggest like when you think of miley you think of love acceptance and that's a big act to follow and she's like i didn't mm -hmm. ask to be born into this and like kind of Chloe mentioned earlier with the American Idol episode, people think Noah's a sad songwriter. She's always sad, gloomy. And she's like, well, it's kind of put into this box because there's no way I could follow such a bright light like my sister. And there's this isn't hating on Miley whatsoever. Obviously, Noah and Miley have a great relationship, but it's a fact. It's being compared to people around you. And that can have damage on people's mental health, you know? And the fact is, some people are like sunshine, and some people are born to rain clouds. It's yeah. almost like Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore. You know, some people just are different. And to my knowledge, I don't know that Miley's ever struggled with depression, but we know that Noah is clinically diagnosed. This means, like I just said, there is a chemical imbalance going on there. It's not what I think a lot of people don't understand, too, because the term depression is so overused these days as well. It's not just feeling blue. It's not just feeling sad. It's sometimes not feeling anything, no matter how desperately you want to. And I will literally be getting the lyrics, I was born to rain clouds, tattooed onto my body because I feel the same exact way. And so, like, my boyfriend is an eternal optimist. He's a Pisces. He's happy all the time. He chooses to be happy every single day of his life. It's one of the things that I love about him. But sometimes it's really hard for him to understand why I like just want, quote unquote, want to be sad. 
it's not that I want to be sad. It's that sometimes I like seriously can't help it. And I know that there, like you said earlier, I know there are so many good things in my life. I know there are so many people who love me. I'm cognizant and aware of those facts, but I cannot help that when I woke up this morning, I literally could not get out of bed, you know, stuff like that. So it's just, it's so beautiful. It's so good. It's just my favorite song. Yeah, I would recommend everyone to go, I mean, obviously go listen to this whole EP. It's only eight songs, so you have to, but specifically this song, it's a, once you listen for the first time, like it automatically hits. Like the first time I heard it, I knew it was a classic and I love it. And I want everyone to go listen to it. It makes me, one of the lines in this song that makes me so sad is hearing Noah say, don't you know, I'm only trying to disappear. And like, that's another thing I relate to, too, just with things that I've gone through through my life and like some of my own personal battles. I've had times when I've thought that I wanted to just sort of disappear myself. Um, and that's like a really sad feeling. And I'm happy that Noah's, according to her American Idol, I mean, I think she's trying to get out of the sad girl era and I think she's changing and growing a little bit, but well, I agree with that too. Just from this was released in 2020 and we got her debut album, The Hardest Part. And I think The Hardest Part is way different from this, like as in what she was trying to focus on and growing as a person. I do think, like I said, this was released like almost four years, three, four years ago by now. So there is time on it. And I'm sure these things still do relate to Noah, but I'm sure, like you said, Noah is past this point in her life and I'm sure she's ready to mm-hmm. pop her puss a little bit and party. So I'm well, ready for it. Thing- she talked to us about and like we've already touched on she was struggling from substance abuse issues mm-hmm. at a lot of these points and maybe not during the writing of this ep but definitely a lot of the things she's feeling oh for sure in the lyrics happened in a time when she was struggling with substance abuse but she's clean now and she's not taking pills anymore and a lot of the pills that she was taking were depressants exactly for people who have depression to take depressants it's literally like basically burying yourself so yeah. i'm so glad that she's you know, she's gotten clean and she's turning a new leaf and she's able to start living a little clearer. And we're not talking about the hardest part today, but one of her lyrics from the hardest part is like, I'm sober. The pain's not gone. I mean, this isn't the exact lyric, but it's like, I'm sober. The pain's not gone. I still feel it, but I'm getting through another day. Exactly. You know, it's different now. It's not gone. It's just different. And unfortunately, for people who suffer from addiction or for mental health issues, you realize that there are things you can do, but that pain or that addiction, that drive to want to do those things, that's never going to go away. You're always going to be dealing it with it. Once an addict, you're always an addict. It doesn't go away, but it's just different. That's true. That's true. Well, I think that's perfect. I think Young and Sad is... Like you said, it's one of it's your favorite song of all time, and it's one of my favorite songs. So I recommend it to everyone, and it's a perfect song to lead into the song that follows, July, which is one of my favorite songs from Noah's whole discography. And this really, I believe, put Noah on the map for a lot of people. This song was Oh yeah. We'll get into it, like uh, we'll get into it, but it really at the time too my emotions and everything like I needed this song so much when it came out in 2020 and yes this bitch speaks some facts in the song to this day obviously like, me yes, and Chloe aren't in this we're not in this realm of like heartbreak and sadness of a relationship right now but I still listen to this song this song is a classic and it feels like I've known it forever it's a, to me you know correct me if I'm wrong but didn't she release this song before she released the rest of the EP yeah this is her first her first single crazy? 
Yeah, this is the first single. Off of the EP. And this song has a next level incredible music video. So if you're going to listen to the song, I encourage you to just go to YouTube and play the music video while you listen to it. But it is so good. And another thing I just want to say, Garrett, just kind of goofy, but like you were saying, we might not be in the situation where we're in like heartbreak or the relationship, but I am an actor. And so sometimes when I listen to these songs, even if I'm not in the position, I totally picture myself oh, in yeah. this situation and I can cry about it. Like oh. I cannot even know this man that's throwing back beers on the morning bed, but I'm going to cry about him because I'm exactly. at him and I, <laughs> I'm done. So this literally, no, I totally agree. I, um, that's the fun part too. Cause like it's like, even though we're not in these things, we can still make it relate to us. These lyrics are so versatile, so we can make it kind of relate to how we want in our own lives. But she opens the song with, I've been holding my breath. I've been counting to 10 over something you said. So right there in the first three lines, she's pissed. She, something has made her mad and this relationship's obviously rocky. So she's like, and we all know that moment when your spouse has said something, you're like, that's what you decided to say right now. You thought mm, that okay. was what you, okay. So we're not trying to fight, but you and wanted to say like, that. <laughs> she's being mature because she's going to hold her breath and count to 10 and not just be reactive. Because maybe if she was reactive, it would have gone. We would have been listening to a totally different song. Exactly. It wouldn't have been July. It would have been June. L- it would have been terrible. Literally. So she says. Not terrible isn't a bad song, but it would have been terrible because you would have been fighting. <laughs> So she says right after that, she says, I've been holding back my tears while you've been throwing back beers. So while I've been misery holding back all of my emotions, you've been having fun, going out, getting drunk, having some fun because you're not paying attention to your relationship. And it's not just throwing back beers, but it's you've been throwing back beers on the morning bed. Which is like, okay, so this is an alcoholic. He's waking up and he's throwing back beers. Like, we've just woken up. He's going to be a dick to me. And then he's going to drink on the bed. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, moving on. And I don't know about you, Garrett, but something about it, it probably has to do with the music video, but I feel like we're in like a little wooden shack. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like we're in a little wooden shack with just a bed in it and the sun's coming in and it's kind of dusty <laughs> and we're upset. I love it. I love it. And then she says, I'm alone in bed. You know, I'm afraid of change. Guess that's why we stay the same. So right there, I think that lyric right there when I first heard it is so not monumental, but like significant and like a change. She's like, I don't, I'm afraid. So like, I'll, I'm willing to kind of turn a blind eye to everything you do to mm-hmm. me just so we can stay the same. And like, hopefully maybe cross our fingers, change one day for the better. Mm-hmm. And that right there. And it, well, and it also like, it's like she's afraid of change, but it also almost seems like she's afraid of confrontation, too, because she's holding her breath. She's counting to 10 over something he said, and she's afraid of change. So guess we're going to stay the same. It's like she's afraid to have the conversation of I don't like the way that we're living. And it almost feels like I don't know who this song is written about. I don't even know if it's written about someone real. But it also almost feels like this person is abusive, whether they're verbally, emotionally, or also physically abusive. It kind of gives me that feeling because it's like, I'm afraid of change. Guess we'll stay the same. But like, I'm also almost afraid to even say anything when you're mean to me. No, I agree. I think that the song, well, we'll get like, I mean, the further we get into it, because we only got the first uh, verse, but it kind of feels like a journey. I feel like she's kind of self-discovering kind of what she wants in a relationship. And 
kind of like finding a way to get out of it, talking herself. I don't know how to like, I kind of like in my head, like a diary of some sort. It's like, she's um like daily, like trying to like hype herself up personally. Like, are you got to like, I know you're afraid of change, but like, we got to get past that so we can like move forward, you know? Well, she, so it also says getting into more of the lyrics, she says, so tell me to leave. I'll pack my bags, get on the road, find someone that loves you better than I do. Darling, I know. Cause you remind me every day that I'm not enough. But, but I still, I still stay. stay. That so this right goes there. into what Garrett said earlier in the episode about Noah being in these kind of like toxic relationships, like that Noah do- maybe doesn't always have these healthy relationships and find someone that, okay, first of all, if I was in a relationship and that person constantly told me that I'll go find someone that loves me better than you do. All right, go on then go find them, you know, but it also kind of talks to maybe Noah wasn't very confident very self supportive at this time that she felt codependent that she felt that she needed someone and it's like because you remind me every single day that I'm not enough but I still stay so she's gonna stay and take that abuse unless he tells her to go it's like she doesn't even care this song makes me feel like she's at the point where she just doesn't even care about her life or about like what happens to her, what she's doing. And I'm not saying this in a negative way. It just also plays into, again, like depression. It Sometimes you just get in those phases with depression where it's like, I just don't even care. I don't even have the energy to care. If you tell me to leave, I'll go. But otherwise, I'll stay and we'll just keep this cycle and it'll just keep going on and on because I don't have the energy to make the move to change my life or better my life. It's it's a really cool song it's such a good song and the music is so good to it like you can jam and kind of dance to it but it's sad the lyrics are sad but the music's fun kind of like chromatica if you listen Mm -hmm. to chromatica you can dance to it but the lyrics are super sad so yeah and again that i'm glad that you mentioned chromatica too because this album or sorry this ep came out at a similar time as chromatica Mm -hmm. and both of these albums sorry this is an ep i keep i want to call it an album because it deserves to be an album it really does but um this ep and lady gaga's chromatica chromatica album came out at a similar time they came out during covid we know that gaga's whole point of her album was to get people to dance and like you just said even though those lyrics were serious issues they were intense lyrics she wrote them in a way that she wanted people to dance to them and to get outside and get some movement and this kind of feels the same like it it feels like Noah knew the lyrics were sad, but she also knew that she needed to produce a song that people could sing along to and could listen to and enjoy. And it is relatable too. And so it's like, I don't know. I think it's a perfect song. And this is one song that for some of my friends who don't necessarily listen to Noah, they've heard it and they've liked it. I think like Garrett said, this is kind of one of the songs that put her on the map. It's maybe a little bit more mainstream as far as like the music goes. And I don't know anyone who could listen to this and not enjoy this song. I mean, it's exactly. so good. It's a classic to me. Like, this is a classic Noah song, and it really has started developing her style. When I heard the song, like, kind of you know how people have, like, a, a vibe of their music? This is very much her lane that she's created. And like Chloe said, I could not recommend this song, especially for people that are just getting into Noah. I think this is a very easy transitional song that you'll be able to relate to and, like, be able to catch on fast. And Um, I love that you just said what you just said, that this kind of establishes a little bit of her style, because I think this that's so true. I think this 
does establish a very unique Noah style, singing style and some of the runs that she does and the way that she sings it reminds me of on mine later she kind of has a similar mm-hmm. it's it feels breezy it feels a little bit country it feels a little bit like she's wearing cowboy boots but also wearing designer on top exactly like it's a little bit of the celebrity LA Noah mixed with that at home country Noah. And it's this super unique sound that she's created and it's so fucking cool. And I love that. It's so different from Miley. Like, I know that that's one of those things that she was pointing out as maybe my sister was born of sunshine and I'm born of rain clouds, but we love that about you guys. It gives us the opportunity to love you both. So wholeheartedly, but so separately as artists And you guys offer such cool different things. And one thing that I've always, always stressed to my friends in fashion design is being an artist doesn't have to be a competition because there's no competition between you and another artist because what you have to give is your individual gift that no one else can do. But the second you start trying to um, imitate someone else's style, someone else's art, it becomes inauthentic and no one will care. No one will like it because it will come across cold and inauthentic. But if you're Mm -hmm. producing your own art that is you, your right people, your right crowd will find you and they will love it. So I love that Noah stands up and she does her own different thing, even though maybe she doesn't love that about herself. We love that about her and we love every different side of Noah that we've gotten. I agree. That's perfect with what you just said. I totally agree. I'm excited. I think it's perfect to move on to... The next track, Wonder Years, featuring Aunt Clemens, I believe is how we pronounce the name. Um, so yeah, I I don't really have a lot of opinions on this track, but my main comment is I love the instrumentals. I love the first, yes. before the song even starts, you hear like some keys rattling like a um, engine starts and it sets the mood i'm like mm-hmm. i want to start my car like let's get on the road like i it's very much like a good cruising song like riding around putting it on the background kind of but and i love the way their voices mesh in this song you know it's crazy too for anyone else who's a big noah fan the keys and the way this song starts I swear to God, Garrett, every time I feel like she's cranking up Topanga and that she's turned uh, a leaf and she can drive <laughs> Topanga now, and that's Topanga. Oh my so God, I, I love that. You. I don't have, I don't have like major, major opinions about this song. I would say this song stands out compared to the rest of the album. It's definitely different. It's yes. the only song where she has a featuring artist, and the music is different. This one's definitely a little bit more edgy. It's a little bit more like cool i guess yeah, you could say it's the only song that's explicit that has a bad word in it actually on this yes. whole album and it's interesting it's not my favorite off the album like if i had to rate the album this would probably be my least favorite however yeah. it still is a really good listen and i found something really interesting about it so when i was listening earlier to the whole album um i found that the writers of this song are listed on apple music as john lennon and paul mccartney So I was confused and I was like, wait, what in the world? So I tried to do a little bit of research and I found one website. It's called thenickison.com, V-N-I-K-K-I-S-I-N.com, Pop Culture, Reality TV, and Ramblings. And they have an article on there about Noah Cyrus and Aunt Clements release a Beatles-inspired track and visualizer with Wonder Years. 
And later down there in this article, we have a quote that Noah said on the project project. And she said, quote, we were working together one night and he pulled up this melody he'd been working on. That was an interpolation of with a little help from my friends by the Beatles. And I was like, whoa, shit. I went into the booth and hummed some melodies of my own, and then we just worked on the lyrics, production, structure, etc. It's funny because I don't think we ever knew how this song would even come out. Like, who gets a Beatles record cleared? Us, I guess. That's insane. That's so cool. So it is super cool. There's also a really cool visualizer, like music video to this song. So if you want to check that out, you can find it on YouTube. But it is a super cool song. It's a great part of the album. But it's just not one of my top listened to songs. The one thing that I do notice about it that I didn't really notice while I listened to it is there's a lot of questions. I'm looking at like the lyrics typed and she, I don't know who asked them, but I see a lot of questions and like question marks. So I think that's interesting. And like you said, it's a good song um, and it's very different. It's experimental, especially towards the end when they're like kind of screaming the Mm -hmm. um, why I keep doing it to myself. They like scream that back and forth, and I I love that. And it also sounds like in the background, like there's a car accident. At yeah, too. yeah. So before we move on, I do want to pick out just a couple of lyrics from this song just to give it its its due. Um, but my favorite part is they kind of like Garrett just said they're asking so many questions, and they ask, "What would you do if I asked you to choose? Would you keep picking on me, or am I the guy just for drunken nights?" And while you're sober, you don't need me. So, again, we're going back to that, like, substance abuse, kind of, like, toxic. Are we just a drunk hookup? Like, do you actually like me or am I just your booty call when you're fucked up? Um, And so I think that's cool. And I love, I personally just love the line, what would you do if I asked you to choose? Would you keep picking on me? It's kind of cute. It's kind of fun. I love it. And it kind of makes me think, like, it kind of makes me think of like little kids in a playground. Like, would you pick me for your game? It kind yeah. of feels adolescent and juvenile a little bit. Like we're in a relationship, but like, if I had to ask you to choose, would you still choose me? It's kind of <laughs> like the social media tweets and memes and stuff about like my girlfriend, like we're literally at our wedding and she's like, but do you actually like me? Like, do you like <laughs> me still? Like sometimes you just gotta know. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's like you said, it's a super cute song, super simple, but towards the bottom of my list as well. So, it, um, but necessary, and I'm glad that she included it. A little featured moment. All right, I think that leads us perfectly into the last track, which is actually the title of this EP, "The End of Everything," and this song, I think, is one of the best closers to an album. Or EP, like I've ever heard, actually, in my opinion. The song is almost so strong that it, like, should just be a single standalone. Yeah. the song is, like, nothing I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, This is, like, my dad's favorite Noah song. My dad loves Noah Cyrus. I got him onto her. He owns the hardest part on CD. (laughs) (laughs) And the song and the music video that's been made for it, the music or the video adaptation, so, so so good. good. So cool. And this is a song that literally anyone could like. It doesn't matter whether you like Noah or not. It doesn't matter. Like, this is just a song that we can literally all relate to. So, it, bring, it brings me peace it for some reason. It brings me so much peace. 
So to help you guys understand what we mean by that, the song is called The End of Everything and it's quite literally about the end of everything. It's about the end of the universe and it's about bringing peace to people. So the first lyrics that start you off is everyone you love is going to die right Period. off the bat. Yeah. That's it. But darling, so is everything. So don't cry. Ugh. The stars will blink out one by one in time and everyone you love is going to die. Chills. Like I have chills too. <laughs> and then she goes into one of my other like favorite lines of this song. Everything you fear is going to end. Oh my god, I literally almost yeah. just cried. That almost just choked me up. All your hate and hurt lost to the wind. And it's hard. I know the universe could be a jealous friend, but everything you fear is going to end. And there might not be a sadder thing than watching Saturn lose her rings and black holes slowly dancing in the dark. But it's the song that they were born to sing about the end of everything until it all goes up in one last spark. It's so good. It literally... It's so beautiful. It's like a present, like a, a bow on life almost. I'm like, if I was in my deathbed and heard this, I would have comfort and be like, you know what? Like, you're right. It's all everything's gonna end the end of everything it, it really Ugh. just makes me cry and like it, i have so like full body chills because it's like i love the line it's the song that they were born to sing yeah it's the song that all of us were born to sing like yeah saturn will lose her rings and she will explode into a freaking black hole at some point and that is literally what she's supposed to do and we're supposed to die and yeah I mean, it's so simple, but I would have never would have I never would have thought to put these things together. Like, obviously, everything's going to end. But like the way she's written the song and delivers it, it's actually incredible and like life changing. And it's fucking insane. This this singer, this woman that we're talking about, Noah Cyrus, she's fucking younger than me. And she literally made me feel OK about the entire universe. <laughs> and she thought to herself one day, I'm going to write a song that's about the end of the universe and I'm gonna make it all make sense and I'm gonna make it all okay and I'm gonna make sure that there's no fear because everything you fear is gonna end and I'm just gonna make it all make sense for people. Such a big topic that she was able to sum up in such... A, a beautiful poem. Exactly. And wow. it's insane. Like that's I'm, I, I can't even... I don't know how to express the maturity of this song for someone who's so young yeah and and the lyrics here and it's just like all the saints and sinners are the same we're blessed and we obliterate and that's how it was written from the start that also goes back to where we touched on the fact that noah is religious you know that's how it was written from the start people who believe in certain religions believe that everything is predetermined and this is how it was all written from the start this is where it's playing out the way that it was supposed exactly, to so yeah. don't don't worry it's not for you to figure out exactly and i think that's what brings me the peace in it that she was kind of able to like sum that up and be like you know what like you're not able to determine everything just like take a chill pill and one thing that everyone does have in common is death no matter how yeah. big you are how small you are you're gonna die no matter like there's nothing like to prevent that so that kind of gives us all an evil lever uh, gives us an evil uh, gives even. us an even level 
even playing field. There you go. It gives us that, and that's what I think makes me feel really good about this song. And you just highlighted it, so I'm going to let you go. But I was just about to comment on the last lyrics ending this whole album, guys, which is kind of crazy, too. Like, this is, like, the last thing she says before she ends out the EP. The whole thing. It's The song is so bittersweet, and it's kind of like, I just want to go back to where we first touched on the first lyrics of this song, where she just comes right out and says, everyone you love is going to die. You might hear that right off the bat and be like, good God, this artist is depressing. Like, I don't want to hear that. But like Garrett said, she wraps it up for you in a bow. She's not trying to make it worse. She's not trying to make you sad. She's trying to make you understand that it's okay, that we're all going to die. But like Garrett said, we've got this beautiful end of the song. She wraps it up so nicely. And it, like, literally every single time I hear this, it wakes me up. This is one of those songs that, like, genuinely is a reminder of how precious life is and how short it can be and stuff like that. She says, everyone you love is going to die, so don't you let the moment pass you by. And, man, there really ain't no sadder thing. There really ain't no sweeter thing. Uh, It's like, it is so bittersweet. Life is so precious. And that's so sad, but it also makes it so sweet. It's... Chef's kiss a million times. Like, this is a Michelin star song. And I also want to let everyone know, Noah was like 20, 19, 20 when she wrote this whole thing, which is mind-blowing. What have I done with my life? (laughs) Seriously. Because this does not compare. I agree, babes. We have our EFEF podcast. That's what we do. Yeah, that's... That's our big, beautiful bow on the world. <laughs> oh my gosh. But what an EP, Chloe. I'm so happy we finally got to sit down and talk about this and talk about each song because ever since the drop of this EP, we've talked about it nonstop. So I'm, yes. finally we can let people in on our little secret, not a secret, but like let people in on our it little, <laughs> on our little thing. And well, hopefully you guys I, enjoyed it. I'm also just so freaking pumped we finally talked about Noah officially on the pod because Noah is in my top three all-time favorite artists. Noah, I know I already talked to you, but if you're listening, (laughs) oh my god, I love you so much. There ain't no sweeter thing than you, girl. I love you so much. Noah, if you are listening, please stay tuned because we have so much to talk about with you still. We have a whole concert in Atlanta we saw you, so... We love you so much, and I hope you are listening. <laughs> Noah, if you're listening, I just want to say something really quick. I have to throw Garrett under the bus really quick. But, oh, well. Noah, if you're listening, I know that you were expecting us to be the two waiting for oh. you outside the venue at the end of the concert. I know you were waiting for us, and when we weren't there with the other fans waiting to hug you and have one-on-ones, you were like, what the what heck? The hell? Where, yeah. where are my two top fans who knew every single word to every single song and cried and danced and made eye contact and looked fab? Well, it's Garrett's fault, Noah. He had an 8 a.m. the next morning. That it was a test, too. There was an exam. It wasn't just like a, a regular day in class where I would have obviously skipped. In my opinion, he should have dropped college. We have so many more stories to tell that include Noah, and we cannot wait to tell them, and especially the our concert together, seeing Noah. That was probably one of my favorite memories. So we will get into that closer to time when we when the year anniversary is coming up. So be prepared yes. for that. And besties, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. And next week, we'll be back to find out what's been up with you and get a normal, regular 
scheduled programming. Yes, we've been very busy, so I'm ready to catch up with my besties. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, EFBF Podcast, where we post all of our pictures from the episode, and we'll let you know when we upload and stuff like that so follow us over there and we also have a tiktok which is also efbf podcast so go follow us over there and guys we will see you next week for a whole new episode we love you for listening besties we love you and just as a little secret we would love it if anyone wants to comment in today's episode post tell us what you want to hear and we love you And we love you so much.